from Better Babies and welcome to another podcast special. Now, if you are a regular reader or listener of our work, then you will know that we are always on the lookout for the latest science-backed research and particularly anything that can really help you with the path from conception to pregnancy in the first years of a little person's life. As we all know, the world around us is a lot more toxic and a lot more difficult, so we're always on the lookout for things that can help make that journey a little bit easier and reduce risks while we can. Now, today's subject is all about algae. Now, if you're anything like me, um, you know that theoretically this is very healthy and particularly can be good if you're trying to conceive and grow a small, healthy person. But you may also be aware of some of the recent um, reports that were sparked by an article written by Dr. Wall, who is quite a well-respected holistic practitioner, suggesting toxicity, particularly in spirulina. Now, as somebody who eats it myself, who feeds it to my son, I was instantly horrified. So I thought, right, better go and check this out. Um, So this led me to a very interesting lady who is on our show. She is one of the experts on algae, believe it or not. There are very um, few experts on this, but she is certainly one of them. Her name is Catherine Armston, and she's actually the founder and CEO of a company called Energy Bits. And we've got her on the show um, today to talk all about what algae is, what the benefits are, what all the research is saying, particularly the research that's suggesting there may be toxicity, and whether or not we should still be incorporating this into our lives, particularly if we are pregnant, trying to get pregnant or trying to grow a small person. So without further ado, I will pass you on to the lovely Catherine. So Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I thought what might be a good place to start for our listeners is just to understand how you personally became so interested in algae, um, why it's so important for you and how you got all your knowledge and research that you have done so extensively over the last few years. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you, Sarah, for inviting me to be on your podcast and to your listeners for wanting to learn about algae. Um, I've spent 10 years now researching algae and uh, all the science around it, and it still continues to stun me every day when I find more things that this remarkable single-cell organism can do for our health, longevity, our babies, our, our, ourselves. So um, I'm always eager to share my knowledge about algae. So, But, you know, you don't wake up one day and decide, oh, I'm going to pursue algae. Uh, algae kind of found me rather than the other way around, and um, I'm actually Canadian. I live in, in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, New England. We, uh, here we are in New England connecting with old England. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I, I have an MBA and I was doing international economic development, nothing to do with nutrition or certainly algae. And about 10 years ago, my younger sister in Canada developed breast cancer. She's fine now, by the way. But mm-hmm. her oncologist advised her to change her diet to an alkaline diet because it would help with her healing. Now, they didn't tell her what it was or why it would help her. So she got home and called me and and, uh, um, said, you know, help me. And, of course, I would help her. She's my baby sister. And I said, don't you worry. We'll figure this out. And I just went on Google and found out, and anyone can, an alkaline diet is basically predominantly a plant-based diet, eliminating acidic foods. But the, the, the nutrients in the plants are the chlorophyll and the phytonutrients 
that are well documented to be helpful in building your immune system and supporting your health. And of course, she was going through chemo, so she needed to be sure her immune system was as strong as possible. So she did change her diet to an alkaline diet, mostly plant-based. She did go through chemo. She completely healed. Meanwhile, in the process of helping her, I started reading about plant-based nutrition. Now, this was 10 years ago, and nobody was really talking about plant-based nutrition then. Now it's almost mainstream. But uh, So I thought, man, someone's got to tell the world about this because clearly it's all documented scientifically, but the knowledge hasn't eked out to the mainstream, so that heck, I guess I will. So I gave up my corporate career of 25 years, went back to school. I didn't have time to get a registered dietitian's degree, so I got a one-year uh, nutrition coaching certificate from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York. Then I taught nutrition for a year in hospitals and companies, trying to get people to eat more greens because I knew how powerful they were for their health, and I learned a very important thing. Here in America, and probably in other developed countries, people want things fast, easy, and and, um, not, and, and, and making greens, I found out people didn't have the time or they didn't like the taste, it was just too much work, <clears throat> so that if I can get them, how can I get them to eat, be healthier with greens if I can't get them to eat them? So back to the, you know, research, and I, one of the things I found after months and months of testing was algae. Now, I discovered it for my sister, but I hadn't really spent a lot of time with it. And as I dug through the research, I, it was like Alice falling in, into the rabbit hole. Uh, it was like a world I, I couldn't believe that this stuff was true. Algae is the most nutrient-dense food in the world, first of all. It is the most alkaline food in the world. It has the highest concentration of chlorophyll in the world. Remember, chlorophyll was one of those healing nutrients that my sister's oncologist wanted her to have. It has been endorsed by the, uh, by the United Nations since 1974 as the answer to world hunger because it has the highest concentration of protein in the world. It's endorsed by NASA as the most nutrient-dense food in the world, eco-friendly and sustainable. And they, it's the first food they want to grow in, in space. And it's a multi-billion dollar industry in Asia where it's been used for 50 years. In Japan, they don't take supplements. They just take chlorella algae. And I'll be talking about the two different algae in a minute. Uh, and they have, by the way, some of the best longevity in the world and the lowest rates of, of cancer in the world. And I personally think part of it has to do with the algae. And the topping off of all of this is that algae is the most studied food in the world. Flat out, there are about 60,000 studies uh, that document scientifically the different health and wellness and fitness and beauty benefits of spirulina. And um, almost equal now, about 40,000 uh, documenting all these different benefits of chlorella. So it's, there is such solid scientific foundation um, that supports all the benefits that algae provides to people. The only problem is this knowledge has not gotten past the scientific community and into the consumer market uh, or practitioner community so people can understand what it does. And... The other remarkable thing about algae, um, I'm not sure if your listeners will know this, but uh, spirulina algae and later chlorella were the first life on Earth four, literally four billion years ago. Before spirulina, Earth was just gas and water. Nothing was alive. Now, I don't know what caused the spirulina algae to grow, but it started growing, and they have fossils that document it, and they, it releases so much oxygen that other life forms could grow after about a billion years, and that's how life on Earth evolved. 
So I tell people there's got to be something special about this gorgeous little single-cell plant that was the first life on Earth and is still here. I mean, it outlived, you know, a couple of ice ages and the dinosaurs, and it's still around. So anyway, that's my, I stumbled into algae. Uh, uh, I can't believe the science that exists about it, and I'm so excited because uh, I know what it can do for people's health. Wow, I mean, that's so fascinating. And I certainly <laughs> didn't know that it was the first bit of life form on Earth. Um, that is yeah. insane. It's interesting to know. Now, yeah. you talked an awful lot about some of the benefits um, and certainly about some of the ways that people live these days. And I think you're right. You know, we all want convenience. You know, we're all guilty of that. I'm health conscious, super health conscious. But even sometimes for me, you know, time gets the better of me. So I do, you know, understand it a lot. But then at the same time, you know, the life we, or the, the environment we live is so much more toxic. Now, you mentioned, exactly. you mentioned chlorophyll specifically um, as being particularly powerful. And chlorophyll, I know, is, is something that's, you know, very present in large concentrations in particularly spirulina um, and uh, chlorella. Now, can you tell us a little bit more about chlorella and why it's so powerful and what it can do? Yes. So uh, what I'll do is a quick overview of the two different algae so people can understand it. First of all, you need to understand that algae is a food category. It's a food. It's not a supplement. A lot of people think it's supplements, but it's not. It's a food, and it's grown, and we grow ours, as an agricultural crop. Uh, and if people doubt me that it's food, I point out here in America that just a few months ago, in January, the 2019 Farm Bill included the very first Algae Agricultural Act. And the reason why this is important is because in America, food crops like soy and wheat um, and corn, none of which have any, frankly, strong nutritional benefits and are all GMO, um, have been supported for decades by the American government for, with, with, with funding and, and grants. Uh, and so the fact that algae is now being recognized as a nutrient-dense, sustainable crop, and because it's all grown in Asia, that American farmers need to grow it here. I point out, well, that confirms that algae is a food agricultural crop. It is not a supplement. Supplements are made in labs with extracts from other ingredients or artificial ingredients, and it's hard for your body to absorb them. But with food, um, you always your, your nutrients are more bioavailable. So, um, and I tell people, hey, well, show me a supplement farm. You know, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. They don't exist. But algae is a food. So it's, it's very important for me to help people understand that. So, so algae as a, as a food category is similar to fruit as a category or vegetables as a category. And then within fruit, you have apples and oranges. Well, within algae, you have uh, four main categories. There's brown and red, which are basically seaweeds. And then you have blue-green algae and green algae. And within blue-green algae and green algae, the two that are, uh, the, that are most known are spirulina, which is a blue-green algae, and chlorella, which is a green algae. But I know we're going to talk about toxins later on, and they're always referring to blue-green algae. That is not spirulina. That is a category. So, And I have references that I will talk to you about where spirulina consistently, and in all the science, has never been found to contain toxins. So we'll circle back to that. But I just want to make that absolutely clear that it's like saying, you know, if you have an apple that's got a bruise on it, then all fruit must be bruised. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. 
maybe just that particular apple and with that particular crop of apples. So, so it's very important that people understand that there's a lot of generalizations being thrown out there, but that they do not, um, you need to study them a little bit more closely. So let's circle back to blue-green algae and spirulina in particular. The reason why these are called blue-green algae is because there are two pigments in them. One is called, one is blue, no surprise, it's called phycocyanin, and I could give a whole talk on the nutrients and uh, health benefits of phycocyanin, one of which is that it stops the growth of blood vessels for tumors. And the other, the other pigment is chlorophyll, which most people know. What most people do not probably know is that the chemical composition of chlorophyll is virtually identical to the chemical composition of hemoglobin. And I can send you some pictures, but you can also Google that. So I tell people, that's got to be a tip-off about how important chlorophyll is to your health. Chlorophyll is a fat-based pigment, so it helps build your cell walls, and all your health you know, issues start at the cellular level. So keeping those cell walls healthy is very important. So circling back to spirulina, a blue-green algae, technically, it's actually a bacteria. Uh, um, and because it has no cellular wall or nucleus, the reason why this is important is because there is nothing for your body to break down in order to get access to the nutrients. Normally, you have to go through the digestion process, especially with protein. Um, your body takes, can take two to three days to break the protein down into amino acids so it can be absorbed. With both algae, particularly spirulina, the amino acids are already, or the proteins are already in amino acid form, so there's no work for your body to get to break it down so it gets absorbed quickly. That's why athletes in particular love spirulina, particularly ours, because they get all, all the access to the 40 vitamins and minerals, including all of the protein and all the B vitamins uh, instantly because there's no work for your body to be done. So spirulina in general, because it has the highest concentration of protein in the world and all the B vitamins, as well as all the other nutrients, it's known as an energizing algae. It gives you energy mentally and physically. It also has a very high amount of essential fatty acids, so it helps with your brain health and your focus, and it satisfies your hunger. So people use it for sports. They use it when they're in between meetings or they're not rushing around. Uh, they don't have time to eat. They take a handful of this, our spirulina tablets. So their hunger is gone. Their energy is bad. Now, it's no, there's no caffeine, chemicals, or sugar. So your your energy and your focus is strictly from nutrition, and it's a very gentle, gradual shift of getting that energy and getting that focus. So the best way to describe it is you just feel fresh. You feel like you're, you've had a great sleep and you're just ready to do whatever. There's no, no rush and there's no crash. So that's spirulina. Blue-green algae, technically a bacteria, gets into your bloodstream quickly, highest protein in the world, three times the amount of steak. The Germans won a Nobel Prize for discovering that back in the 19, or 1917. So, so it's very much an energizing food source. Uh, it's that hunger source. Um, very, very good for sports and staying awake. Well, uh, now we have... I think it's really sorry. interesting, actually, just to, sorry to cut in, but it's funny because when it comes to conception, what a lot of people don't realize is how important it is to have adequate protein. And I, I suppose as we're going more towards this plant-based nutrition, people are struggling more and more to find, you know, complete sources of protein. And I actually didn't know until right. you just said that this was such a great source of protein. So if you're a vegan, for example, this is a great solution. Right. 
it's unbelievable. And there's no cooking. You know, the tablets are easy. I, I live on this stuff. I mean, I do eat all the food, but <laughs> I eat it all pretty much all, all day long, and I couldn't survive without it, really. Um, and the, uh, it's, by the way, it's a complete protein, and it ha- has 18 aminos. Uh, and a little side note, by the way, because I, I used to, I read years ago that in, um, in Japan, uh, if babies could not digest mother's breast milk after they were born, the only thing that kept them alive was either, spir- I can't remember whether it's spirulina or chlorella, but I'll, I'll stick with spirulina, in water. And I used to wonder, what is it in the spirulina that's keeping these babies alive? And then one day I saw the nutrient profile of mother's breast milk, colostrum, and I thought, gosh, that amino acid profile looks very similar. Very, you know, I, I think I've seen it before, and sure enough, it's virtually identical oh to God. the the spirulina. And I, I will send you the document so you can look at it yourself. Yes, the please. The same aminos in the same proportions, and uh, another important nutrient that you may be aware of for babies that is in mother's breast milk is an amino acid, an essential fatty acid called GLA, gamma linoleic acid. Now, this is a technically an omega-6, but because it's um, not processed either in mother's milk or in, in our algae, it behaves like an omega-3. So it's very um, important for brain development. And the reason why the only place that has more GLA than spirulina is mother's breast milk. And it's because the baby's brain doubles or triples the size within the first couple of years of birth. So that's why I thought, my gosh, this is why the spirulina is helping these babies because of the the profile of the, the amino acids and this GLA, among other nutrients. So I thought that was pretty interesting sideline. That's, line. that's so, um, we fascinating. Call, yeah, I'll definitely send that to you. Yeah, please. Um, we call, you know, spirulina can be sometimes hard to remember, let alone spell. So we call our spirulina energy bits, although we created a second brand called Beauty Bits because it also helps your skin and hair health. Um, and we found women were looking for more pink packaging. So we have a what we call it. Someone said, oh, you have a boy spirulina and a girl spirulina. You know, more or less, I guess that's true. So whatever, whatever, whatever I can do to get this stuff into people, because I'm so determined to make a difference in people's health. So uh, anyway, so that's spirulina, first life on earth, really great for energy, protein, um, hunger, and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's Chlorella, also, I think it's also, sorry, just to interrupt you, I think you also made a really, really yeah. good point. You know, you keep referencing the fact that it is not, you know, synthetic. And I mean, here at Better Babies, we are madly wary of supplements, mainly because half the time your body can't process them. So when you see people selling, you see people selling glutathione supplements, and I'm really big into glutathione, but I saw it today. I took a picture of it because I'm like, hang on a sec, this company is literally ripping off people because you cannot digest glutathione. And also with supplements, there's so much other stuff in there. And I guess what you're saying with spirulina is, A, it's a food group. And B, it's pretty much, from what I'm gathering from you, it's 100% bioavailable, right? Exactly. And we don't heat it. Other companies do because they're volume producers. We're not a volume. We're quality. So we air dry it. So the enzymes are all intact. There's no binders. There's nothing. There's no coatings. Nothing. Um, The company that does it for us has been doing it for 50 years. Uh, This is as pure and clean and nutrient-dense food in the world. And I, I tell people the only way to survive you know, our, our world these days is, A, have your own garden. 
And then you take algae every day, and you need to take both of them because they do different things in your body. Uh, I am so proud of what we do because um, there's so many people with food allergies and sensitivities, or they have special dietary requirements, whether it's keto or vegan or um, uh, uh, low fiber or you know diabetes. Anyway, it fits into every food group, and it is food. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, and I'm going to dwell on it one more time because um, people don't seem to understand this, um, and rightfully so. None of us have been taught anything about nutrition. When um, when you have these supplements, they're just extracts, and but food, when you eat food, it comes from Mother Nature. She knows what's going on, and and so you have a maybe you have a vitamin in that particular food, but you also have the factor. What's called a factor or a cofactor, and an enzyme and a coenzyme. All these things work synergistically to help your body absorb what it needs. And when you get a supplement that's just an extract, like ascorbic acid is, is, is what's used in most cases to, uh, for vitamin C in uh, supplements. But if you go online, you'll find out what is made of vitamin C. There's literally 222 components to vitamin C, of which ascorbic acid is just one entity. So I have a lot of millennials working for me, and I say, well, like taking vitamin C from a just ascorbic acid is like going to work with just your shoes on. Like, <laughs> where's the rest of the stuff, right? <laughs> you can't. Your body functions best with food. And the problem is our food supply is so damaged, so tainted, there's no, no minerals left in the soil, that even when you're eating real food now, you are getting the... Um, the calories, and you're getting the the roughage, but you're not getting the nutrients. So it, it, it it's just impossible. It's literally impossible to stay healthy. So that's why I really think algae is, is your, our last shot at um, at uh, staying staying healthy or getting being returned to, to health. But it, it is very important to me that people understand it is very much a food crop. Yeah. Um, so. So that's spirulina. So then chlorella developed on Earth about a billion years after spirulina, and it is a green algae. Spirulina is a blue-green. The reason why it's called green is because the only pigment in the green algae is chlorophyll. Now, remember, spirulina has the highest concentration of protein in the world. Chlorella algae has the highest concentration of chlorophyll in the world. It even has 25 times more chlorophyll than liquid chlorophyll because liquid chlorophyll is generally made from alfalfa sprouts. It has 25 times more chlorophyll than wheatgrass. It has about a thousand times more chlorophyll than arugula or you know Chinese you know cabbage. So it is off the charts, literally, in terms of chlorophyll. What does chlorophyll do? Well, it's a fat-based pigment. So as I said, it heals your cell walls. Uh, your cell walls need to be healthy, and they need to have healthy fats to keep them that way so that nutrients can get in and toxins can get out. And the way I describe chlorophyll, because the way it helps heal your cell walls, it's like having a window washer. You know, when you have you know smoky, dirty windows, Sun can't get in, and you can't see out, so it's pretty dysfunctional. Your cell walls are the same way. They don't have healthy fats there to protect them. You, you, you start collecting toxins on the inside, and the good stuff can't get in, and then that causes damage to your mitochondria that then leads to rogue cells, which leads to poor communication within your cells and can lead to things like cancer or whatever. So, so chlorella has the highest concentration of chlorophyll in the world. Um, it also has 40 other vitamins and minerals. It does have 60% protein, but it's still high on the protein. 
But for whatever reason, it does not satisfy your hunger and it does not give you energy or focus. But it is there. The other um, algae, this chlorella algae, is generally a health and wellness algae. Spirulina is an energizing algae. Chlorella is a health and wellness algae. One of the other reasons why it's such a health and wellness algae is that it has the hardest cellulose wall in the plant kingdom. Remember, spirulina has no cellulose wall. Chlorella has the hardest. So hard, in fact, that in America, the FDA has regulated that you can only sell what's called cracked cell wall chlorella. I believe in Europe you can sell it, you know, uncracked, but cracked cell wall is really what you want because if you don't have a crack, your body cannot absorb the nutrients that are inside. So uh, there's two important reasons that I want to mention this cracked cell wall is that um, the original company that developed the technique for cracking it is called Sun Chlorella, and I'm very in great admiration of them because they figured out how to grow algae and all that sort of stuff. But the, the technique they use is to tumble it with glass beads and lead. The glass heats up, the lead from the glass leaks into the chlorella. Now, 99% of the companies selling chlorella use their technique. It's called Dynomill. It's a patented technique. And when I started the company, because I'm all about making a difference in people's health, I learned that that could be a potential problem, and the state of California did test it and did find that they had high levels of chlorella and forced them to either stop selling or put a warning on the package, which they did. Uh, I thought, well, we've got to find something that's cleaner. And I found a new technique, which was pretty new at the time, and we pass our chlorella through a sound chamber, and it's the vibrations in the sound chamber that crack the chlorella. So there is no heat, no no lead, uh, and no heat, which also causes deterioration uh, of the nutrients. So that's one of the reasons why we're so endorsed by doctors and nutritionists and uh, biological dentists, because chlorella pulls out mercury, um, because we have no lead in our in our in our chlorella algae, but the other interesting thing about this hard cellulose wall is that it attaches to toxins. It chelates all toxins of any kind: lead, mercury, fluoride, radiation. Um, when the Fukushima disaster happened in Japan, you know, seven or eight years ago, within 24 hours, the global supply of chlorella was bought up because everyone in Asia knows that chlorella is the only thing that pulls out radiation. Now, this is also important for anybody who's taking chemotherapy because, as you know, it makes you very sick. So if you take the chlorella after a chemo treatment, you will it will pull out the excess chemo so you're not as nauseous. But it, it, it pulls out, the athletes use it as, um, as a post-workout because it pulls out lactic acid. It also pulls out alcohol, wine, beer, spirits. It detects the the alcohol. The cell, I can send you a document that shows you the process by which the alcohol converts to almost a formaldehyde, and so the, the chlorella detects that and it pulls it out. So within an hour and a half, you are sober and you never have a hangover. Wow. Um, uh, not that you could be drinking when you're, when you're pregnant or anything. but um, so And also chlorella, as I said, has high 40 other vitamins and minerals, includes high iron. Um, it has a, the daily requirement of vitamin K2. I'm not sure if you... Your listeners know about the importance of K2, but they found that it's a new vitamin discovered just 25 years ago. They've discovered that virtually everyone in the Western world is deficient in it because the only places you can find natural K2 is either in a Japanese dish called natto or grass-fed animal protein, which isn't going to work if you're a vegan. Uh, but I also did testing, and we found out it's in our chlorella. It's also in spirulina, but um, more in the chlorella. Um, and what K2 does is it pulls out calcium from soft tissue what they're realizing is um 
over the last, you know, 50, 40 years, the heart disease has, has escalated, and they're trying to find out why, and they're realizing a large part of it is because your blood vessels have calcified. You're thinking, well, what, how did calcium get into your blood vessels? Well, because people don't have K2, and the reason why they don't have K2 is because back in the 60s, up until the 60s, put it this way, uh, a- animals, chicken and cattle, were grazing on pastures. Now, animals have a bacteria in their gut that allows them to convert K1, which is in anything green, it allows them to convert K1 into K2. So when we would eat beef or chicken or whatever, us humans, consumers, we would get the K2 because it was in the animal protein. But then they found out that if they put the corn, chicken, and the cattle into enclosures and fed them corn, they would fatten up faster and they would make more money. So that's what they did in the early 70s. And at that time, the supply of K2 disappeared completely from our food supply. And what K2 does, as I said, so we were all taking calcium and we're taking B3 to help with the absorption of calcium. But what's happening is the calcium is not being absorbed by your bones. It's going into your what's called soft tissue, blood vessels, your skin, your organs, your brain. And this is leading to calcification of the arteries, which causes arteriosclerosis, or, or pieces of the calcium break off and lead to strokes. It's causing calcification in your in your organs. Kidney stones are basically uric acid or calcification. They're realizing Alzheimer's is partly from calcification of your brain. Recalls are from calcification of your of, of the collagen or or, or elastin. So, so the K two is a very very important nutrient to get back into our diets. I encourage anybody to Google K two. You'll see everything I'm telling you is absolutely true. But the problem is now they have supplements with K2, but there's different types of K2, and if you want a food source of K2, chlorella algae is probably your best shot, unless you are, uh, especially if you're vegan, it's the only shot, um, uh, because it, you, you can't obviously eat grass-fed beef. So, so it's in the chlorella. It's also, I said, it's been in the spirulina, but mostly in the chlorella. So between the K2, the high chlorophyll, the hard cellulose wall that pulls out toxins, the 40 other vitamins and minerals, it also has the highest concentration of tryptophan, which is a precursor to melatonin, which is your, your mood uh, um, uh, amino, um, uh, transmitter, neurotransmitter. So it's very much a wellness algae. So, um, so you can see how they do completely different things in your body um, and why both of them are very, very important. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. Well, yeah, and it's fascinating. And I think, actually, you know, I would say that I like to think that I'm pretty well educated on a lot of foods and the benefits, but I always got confused with spirulina and chlorella. In fact, this is the first kind of bit of, uh, I guess, proper education I've had where someone's just laid out the differences because... You know, a lot of people, as you say, see just algae in, you know, one big, big broad category um, and don't right. see that they're very, very different things within that category and they do different things. But just just asking you a fo- couple of follow up questions. So you said, um, obviously, about the chlorella and having to break down the cell wall. So two points on that. Firstly, once that uh, cell wall has been broken down, you, you obviously said that, you know, because of no cell wall and spirulina, it's pretty much 100% bioavailable. Is that the same situation once it's yes. been broken down for yes. chlorella? Yeah. It, it's still 100% bioavailable because, again, it's food. It just takes a little longer to get completely absorbed into your body. More, it, it, um, 
if you eat it, I eat mine. Coralette, by the way, tastes fantastic. I think it tastes fantastic. With, uh, when you eat it with sea salt or sea salt and almonds or sea salt and macadamians or sea salt and, and or, or with banana chips. In fact, we're going to be coming out with trail mixes for that reason it's because it's not only a healthy snack, it's literally a healing snack. Um, I didn't even talk much about as much about chlorophyll as I probably should because it it heals your liver, it heals your colon, um, it, it absorbs carcinogens. It, it's uh, so good for you, but it does get completely absorbed. But it does take a, about an hour and a half longer, and a little less if you chew it. Whenever you're chewing anything, it starts being absorbed sublingually, which means it gets absorbed through the through the cell walls of your mouth. And of course, the crushing action helps the absorption as well. But it, it's a, both of them are 100% bioavailable. So actually, you you think it's better not for it to be absorbed through the mouth. You think it's better to ingest it fully. I love chewing them. I I I oh, I'm, you do I'm, love I, them. Okay. Yeah. I prefer chewing them. Uh, it's much more satisfying. I feel I've eaten something instead of just taking pills. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and we go to long, great lengths to research, make sure I we don't say they're pills. They're bits. We call them bits because they're bits of food, but they're tablets. Tablets. <laughs> um, I, and once people get used to the green, clean flavor, I, I don't even want to tell you how many chlorella tablets I eat all day because it would horrify you, but mm-hmm. it's a, a lot. It's probably the major food group that I have, and um, uh, and, and also to assure you there's, you, there's no toxicity in this stuff. It's like eating a salad. You know, you can never have too much because it's just, how, how good can you feel? <laughs> how, how good is too good? It's just food, so you can be completely safe giving it to your children, to your pets, um, and also knowing, of course, that it's the purest, cleanest, toxin-free, at least our brand is, because we go to great lengths to ensure that. Um, but but on, it is, it is it's On that point, really though, if people use this dynamo mill technique, you mentioned that there is lead present in, in some of these yeah. things. In the chlorella. Not the spirulina, because the spirulina does not have a cellulose wall that needs to be cracked. Yeah. It's just the chlorella. So... Um, yeah, so, but of course, chlorella, I guess, absorbs that itself, right? Well, someone else pointed that out, and I, uh, I, 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 I actually don't know, but I do know that um, when it was tested by the state of California, the levels of lead were excessive. So um, it, it, I, I don't know how, you know, how long or, um, you know, I just, I just decided I, I wasn't going to be introducing anything with lead into my customers' bodies um, because I wasn't sure, you know, what the lifetime was of that lead. I, I, I honestly don't know. So yeah. it's, just, it's just an issue I don't even want to. I just chose to find a better way to do this. And, and by the way, um, because they're using heat to crack the chlorella, the heat also kills the enzymes and just damages the nutrients in the chlorella. So you're already getting something that's subpar. When, when you can do it better, uh, it's more expensive and takes more time, but that's the route I chose to go, and that's how we do everything here. We, we just always, even if it's more work um, and more expensive, that's what we do. And by the way, to my knowledge, I'm one of the few, if only, uh, algae companies that does third-party lab tests 
Um, we spend tens of thousands of dollars every year to test each batch because we sell our algae through chiropractors and functional medicine and nutritionists, and they have patients, and they need to know for sure that there are no toxins and there's no, and that the nutrients are exactly what they, we say they are. So, so we, we go to that length, um, to, uh, again, for safety, purity, uh, credibility um, yeah. that I'm not aware of anybody else doing. That makes total sense. And I guess from the perspective of some of our listeners, um, one of the things we focus on a lot, you know, you touched on autoimmunity, you touched on, you know, basically the cell being able to have the correct filtering mechanism so allow the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. Actually, when you said that, it reminded me of all the kind of latest science around the gut and how we need that yeah. endothelial Bio. cell um, layer between, you know, what gets into your body and what gets into the bloodstream to be exactly as optimum as possible and i suppose this is the same thing but with cells but coming back to you know some of the issues of neurotoxicity and you mentioned lead so i think it's really interesting that some of these kind of neurodevelopmental issues that are being reported more and more in children are you know because we have so much more heavy metals so and you also said that this is absolutely safe because it's a you know a food um supplement or not even a supplement it's a food itself so this is something that children, breastfeeding mothers, that everyone's safe to have it, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, spirulina, not only for the nutritional benefits to the mother, but to the fetus because of all that GLA, all those proteins, all the nutrients that your body and your baby need to be fully developed. Um, uh, so if you had to choose one or the other, I would I would. For pregnant moms, I would go with spirulina because it's got that extra essential fatty acids that is essential for brain development, and that's one of the problems we're finding with you know uh, children born on the spectrum. So, uh, but chlorella is equally um, very critical, and I can send you some research about that um, because it pulls out toxins. Now, if you've got toxins in your body, they're going to be you know they could be transferred to the baby unless you're pulling them out, and some mothers. I did some research on this. Mothers were concerned that if the toxins were being pulled out by the chlorella, would they then be moved into the baby? And actually, it's the complete opposite. The chlorella will pull out the toxins from the fetus as well because it's part of your body system. So it's not selecting who gets to be toxin-free. Your body is a a singular organism hosting a baby while it's in development. So uh, both the baby and the mom will benefit from the um, from the chlorella keeping you safe from from toxins, but because also spirulina gives you the added benefit of energy, and of course um, mothers, it's very tiring carrying a child. You get that extra um, bit of, of bonus from the spirulina um, energizing you. It won't necessarily in- increase the number of kicks you're getting. I don't think from the mm. fetus, but. <laughs> But they are both completely safe. And even after you're breastfeeding, they've shown that um, because chlorella, here's an interesting side note, chlorella kills bacteria. Uh, so they, it, it apparently kills the bacteria on your nipple for, you know, when you're feeding your baby. Uh, the interesting side note was that um, back in World War One or Two, I can't remember which one it was, uh, when they ran out of blood transfusions for the injured, they used to give them liquid chlorophyll. Because the, um, they found that the injured uh, healed in just as fast a time as if they'd had a blood transfusion. Uh, and they also used liquid chlorophyll topically 
because it kills bacteria. Now, they didn't have chlorella at the time, so, you know, they were using the liquid chlorophyll. I remember chlorella has the highest chlorophyll in the world. So it just, again, shows you that these wonderful um, food groups that have been provided to us by Mother Nature are are really truly healing foods. They're beyond being a (laughs) superfood. Do you know, it'd be really interesting if you can share that research about how it pulls um, toxins out even of the baby because I think people will be interested and I can certainly share that up on the show notes of this. Um, and yeah. I suppose I'll have to see if I can find that one. I do have, I know I have the one about the killing bacteria on the nipples, because uh, there's thousands and thousands. It's, it's unbelievable how much science is out there and trying to find one specific, but I'll, yeah. I'll see if I can find that have one. Yeah. But then also, um, I guess that brings us on to, you know, the, the main subject of the day, speaking of kind of all this research and toxins some of the obviously we kind of share the same uh, philosophy that is there's lots and lots of noise out there especially in the health and wellness space because it's growing and there are a lot of scare stories out there and i was first um got in contact with you because maybe like other people i saw um some of the claims written by dr weil who is you know a pretty respected holistic practitioner um claiming that spirulina was toxic so one of the things that I wanted to discuss with you is is that, you know, what is it that he's saying? What is your view? Um, and, and should we be worried about this? Because, you know, listening to what right. you've just said, you know, this is something we should be taking, but should we be worried by what's been said by Dr. Well? So maybe you can just start off right. by outlining some of the things that he's claiming and then go through right. what your view is and especially the view based on all the research that you've done. Sure, and, and I'll send you um, a summary of all of these, um, uh, sort of what I call rebuttals, uh, and some science so that you and your listeners can see the exact science and see that I'm telling you the facts. But because I come from an algae background, I, I was able to weed through these articles and detect where the false information has come from. So first of all, I want to say that I'm very respectful of Dr. Weil. Um, he was one of the first out there as a holistic practitioner. He's done an incredible job. Um, however, I'd like to point out that he's so big now. I mean, he has an empire. He has a magazine. He owns restaurants. He's, you know, he's got, I think he runs an entire university or certainly a division of it. So Dr. Weil is a very busy guy, and I can almost assure you that he did not write this post. I can't, I can't tell you for sure, but he and other very big scientists or big brands like Dr. Mercola have, you know, 10, 20, 30, 100 people working for them now uh, doing stuff like this. They do research and they write. So I suspect that Dr. Weil did not even write this post, number one. So, uh, and, and number two, whoever did write the post did not really dig through their research um, cleanly enough to present the, fact, the actual facts. They made some gross generalizations, which I'm going to uh, help walk you through to understand why it's not correct. But before I even do that, I want to point out that uh, I think this post was last year that there was another post, which I will share with you also uh, in uh, in physical form. There was another post by Dr. Well in 2010. uh, And and I'm going to read it to you because it's talking about chlorella uh, and spirulina. And I'm going to read right from his post, direct from his post. It says, note, however, 
spirulina, a common variety of blue-green algae, does not produce neurotoxins and was given a favorable safety rating after an extensive review by the United States Pharmacopoeia Dietary Supplements Information Expert Committee in 2010. <laughs> and then so, it goes, goes completely. And, and then yeah. the, a post appears saying there is cure toxins. So let's talk about what the what uh, now the reason the way the reason why they said there were neurotoxins in spirulina is because whoever wrote this article was referencing a scientific um, study that was done a few years ago on an island, I think in the South Pacific, and the the uh, people living on the island apparently had uh, signs of dementia and apparently the bats also on the island had dementia and they traced it to the seeds in a particular plant that was growing on the island and they and it, it appeared that there were there was blue green algae in the soil near the roots of the plant that's what the entire premise of saying there's toxins in spirulina was based on. So let me walk walk you back. First of all, they were studying if and if there was indeed blue-green algae in the soil of the roots where the plants were grown, it was blue-green algae. It wasn't spirulina. As I just read to you, an earlier post by Dr. Wild clearly says there are no toxins in spirulina. This is because spirulina is an agricultural crop. It's a member of the blue-green algae. Remember I talked about earlier, blue-green algae is a yeah. category. Mm-hmm. Any kind of algae, whether it's blue-green or any color, it doesn't matter, but particularly blue-green, but, um, but also green, if it's grown wild, so that's in earth or in oceans or swamps, if it's grown wild, algae absorbs whatever's in the medium where it's growing. So if there are toxins in the soil, if there are toxins in the ocean, it will be absorbed by the algae and get into the algae. And so um, saying that there is, to to make a blanket statement saying that there are neurotoxins, first of all, you know, I don't know if people even know what, uh, you know, DNA or neurotoxins, these are, um, these are, uh, uh, what they call it, metabolites. They're basically sort of uh, organs. for a, you know the chemical that's caused by um, usually produced by the fungi kingdom and uh, like molds and in fact almost all grains corn um, wheat uh, even your coffee have neurotoxins in them because there's mold that grows on them and these things attack your body particularly your brain that's why they're called neurotoxins so you want to keep as mold free as possible so when you're growing algae wild there's going to be molds in the, or, you know, some sort of other micro, you know, toxins in the water that get absorbed by the algae. But if you grow spirulina, like we do, in ours is grown in triple filtered spring mountain water, and virtually all of the spirulina that's grown is harvested in water tanks that are monitored. There are no toxins because the water is clean. It's clean if it's grown as cleanly as ours is. There might be other companies might not be as clean, but it's, there are no toxins because there's no toxins in the water. So, so first of all, they, they made this blanket statement that spirulina must be toxic because it's part of a blue-green, 
part of the blue green algae family. That that's like taking a you know a cup of, going to a swamp, taking some water from the swamp and testing it and going, oh, there's toxins in this water. Don't drink water. Don't drink any water. Yeah, it makes see, sense. See how, how how crazy it is. Yeah, they, t- they tested some blue green algae that was found in the soil by the roots of the plant. Now they didn't test the blue green algae. They didn't even test the plant. Wow. They tested the seeds of the plant that was grown in the soil where there may have been blue green algae growing there. Wow, talk so about a tenuous the link. Study was, the whole study was based on that. And from that, it blew up into this yeah, spirulina has is toxic, and it was it's so fabricated; it's almost laughable. It's what you call bad science. Yeah. Bad science. Yes, there were toxins in the seeds, but to then you know reverse it down to the soil to the it doesn't it does, just doesn't fly. And I'll send you the actual article, the actual science, so that you and your your listeners can see it for themselves. And the same thing happens like right now. Yeah, um, there was a big news story a couple of days ago about how algae blooms are uh, have closed virtually all the beaches in Mississippi, and it's like, and so it's and because it, the blooms are toxic. Yes, but I tell I, I told my team, poor algae. Algae gets a bad rap. Algae isn't the cause of this of the toxins. The reason why there's toxins, why there's algae blooming and causing a toxic environment is because uh, in the summer there's more people in that area. So the, the uh, sewage amount increases. So the sewage increases and flows into the ocean. And so the ocean is now toxic. And the algae will start, it feeds on on toxins it feeds on bacteria it kills bacteria remember i talked about the yeah. you know the doctors using so in fact you probably aren't aware of this either because i'm just a crazy algae you know person um in america and probably in throughout europe as well virtually every single water treatment plant in your cities and every single one guess how they kill bacteria with algae if you've ever wow. flown over a, in a plane, as you get close to the city, often you'll see these big round pools at the sewage plants. Yeah. That's water full of algae being treated because the algae kills the bacteria. Wow, so, that's so interesting. Because I was going to ask, is, so, it that it, is it that it absorbs the toxins or it kills it? Or is it does it depend on what type of algae? It, it, um, well, it's, it's a good question. It's killing the bacteria. But it's attracted to the bacteria because it feeds on it. It ah. feeds on it and, 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 I guess, you know, eats it. And in the process of, uh, of that, kills it. Ah, I see. Right? So, so, tra- so wherever there's algae, it's because there's bacteria there. That's probably the takeaway here. So really algae is not the bad boy. It's feeding on the, on the bacteria and killing it. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Right? So it's basically feeding on the bacteria that happens to be present. Now, one question, though, that could be linked to this that I've literally just thought of. Obviously, we know so much more about the gut microbiome and the good bacteria and the bad bacteria. Now, could there be something to be said, given how powerful this algae appears to be, that if you have too much of this, this could kill the good bacteria in your gut? Or is that not the case? Not 
No. In fact, that's a really great point. Algae is what's called an adaptogen. Uh, and I also, uh, so it knows what to do in your body. I also call it intelligent food for two reasons. You have to be intelligent to take it <laughs> and it knows what to do. It knows what to do in your body. Just like a lot of people use activated charcoal to detox, not a good thing because what activated charcoal does is it pulls out all the minerals, not just the bad stuff. It will pull out things like magnesium. So you become deficient. Algae only pulls out and only chlorella is the the detoxer spirulina has chlorophyll um but uh it's not a detoxer but it just still you know as as a bacteria it does kill um because it is a bacteria it does eat other bacteria it knows which ones to take it does not in fact they use it to improve your biome it facilitates the growth of healthy bacteria chlorella in particular has been used for decades for IBS and Crohn's disease because it populates your gut with healthy bacteria. The high chlorophyll pulls, uh, pulls out carcinogens and the high concentration of chlorophyll, which is fat-based, heals the cells of your gut um, and your colon. So uh, it's very, very useful that way. So it does not pull out anything that it shouldn't. That's such uh, and an I'll just give an example of... Sorry, that I was just going to say. An example that's, of that, I don't, I, I don't have the exact study in front of me, but I read that um, they were experimenting injecting algae. I don't know whether it was chlorella with chemotherapy because when you do chemotherapy, it kills everything, right? Kills yeah. all the all your um, uh, organisms, all your cells and bacteria. So, so they injected the back the the, uh, the algae with the chemo and. I don't know whether they gave it orally or intravenously, whatever, but it got into the body, person's body and found the cell, the cancer tumors and mm-hmm. attached to, to the tumors to deliver the chemo, left the rest of the cells uh, um, didn't bother them. So it somehow can detect the toxic uh, component in your body. It's the craziest thing. Um, so... Anyways. Yeah, that's super interesting because I'm, I'm really glad you talked about how activated charcoal can, if you ingest it, can be very powerful because that's one of the things that like sometimes you have to be careful with these things because they are so powerful and if you ingest them, if they are not as intelligent as this type of algae is, then it can be really disruptive. So we always say, for example... Yeah not to ingest any kind of form of activated charcoal because I know it was like a huge trend. I personally use it to wash fruit and vegetables in, but I always say to wash things extremely thoroughly because it can disrupt the gut microbiome, which is interesting right. that right. that this actually has the reverse effect. So um, yeah. it sounds super powerful from that perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I have, in 10 years, I have yet to find a single study or evidence or anecdotal story where algae has caused harm not one not one it's wow. like and, and it's been used for 50 years i mean it's it's i that's why i say it's, it's like your best friend it will never let you down wow and now, you down. now you it, was it, you were saying that you and given what you've just said you said that you eat crazy amounts of this so can you talk to us a little bit about like what you think is the appropriate dosage? Do you have to start slow? Sure. Like, how do you think yeah. about it? Especially yeah. to someone well, that had never all, had it before. Food. 
Yeah, so you don't have to sort of build up a tolerance to it. I tell people, you get up in the morning, you're hungry, you eat. You get up the next morning, you're hungry, you eat. You don't eat more the second day or more more still the third day. So algae, you can, it, just, it happens, it, it creates benefits the first time you, you take them. Uh, the spirulina, you'll notice within 15 to 20 minutes uh, because it gets absorbed so quickly and your energy will be improved, your focus will be better, your hunger will be gone. Uh, now, when I started the company, we were actually working mostly with athletes. In fact, a lot of Olympic athletes, and we still work with them. And they're very fine-tuned. So to get the dosage to an amount that worked for them, I had to get up to 30. Now um, now that we're working with experts, um, we're finding that they're so nutrient-deprived, we're finding that they don't even need Even 10 would make a difference in their health. But... Um, we still sell single servings in, with 30 tablets in a single serving. So that's our official uh, amount to say, well, if you take this every day, you know, a single serving every day, you will see a difference in your health. But that being said, um, we're not here to push product. We want people to be healthy. And we've had people who are anemic and they took two tablets and they would write us and say, oh, I had the best workout of my life. I feel so fantastic. So it's like a lot of things. Um, you should experiment and, and study how you feel. If you take five and you're feeling energy and focus, um, uh, stay with five a day. If you don't feel anything, take ten. But what I wanted to convey was that there is no there's no amount that will be toxic unless maybe you have like five hundred a day. Maybe. <laughs> that and would be a lot one, of algae. Yeah, we had a, a team member working with us years ago. Pets uh, love this stuff. Oh my God, it's crazy! So, and she had a brand new bag, and she put it on her counter. And she had a lap dog, little tiny. I don't know her type, but it was like you know, six inches wide. It jumped up onto the counter and ate the entire bag of a thousand tablets. Wow! And she was horrified. Maybe you know, she called us. Is she is he going to die? And I said, No, he'll be fine. He'll poop a lot and maybe throw up. And he and he did. So and he was fine. Was there some so, green poop in there? Probably. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, we sell our algae in bags of a thousand tablets. So we normally say, well, a bag will last you a month. But you know, if you're taking ten a day instead of the recommended thirty, it will last you a lot longer than that. Uh, you can, but you want to take it. I would, I would say it's probably at least ten. Um, to, to, but well, you know, it's sort of re- recircling back. Just follow what feels correct. But if you, we suggest taking the spirulina, which we call energy bits, in the morning because you're you want energy in the morning, and have some more at, at uh, in the afternoon when your energy is you know dropping. And if you want to go work out, take a few more before your workout. And then for the chlorella, which we call recovery bits, um, you know we definitely want you to take them in the evening for sure because it pulls out toxins, and you when you're sleeping your body goes through a natural detox cycle anyways um, maybe you had some wine it will pull out the wine um, but also take it after a workout and um, and, and, and it, 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 if you have di- um, digestive issues take them before a meal now in my case and possibly other people it has become my favorite food so I have them for breakfast I have them for lunch I kind of do intermittent fasting by the way they're ketogenic both of them are ketogenic they do not decrease your ketones and they do not increase your glucose. So I pretty much eat my algae tablets, my chlorella particularly. I do have some spirulina just to get that blend. But I eat them all morning and uh, afternoon, and then um, I have a proper 
meal or whenever that is is sometime between you know five and seven p.m. But I um, but I pretty much eat my algae all day long, and I feel fantastic. Right. <laughs> well, Catherine, thank you yeah. so much for this. I mean. You have made me want to go out and eat as much chlorella and spirulina as I possibly can. <laughs> so you've definitely got one comfort here. Well, I just made my day. But, yeah, well, um, you, you, once you, you can tell how clean it is when you're eating it. You, when you swallow it, it's not, not as noticeable. And when you, um, you don't have to refrigerate them, but if you are eating them, we certainly recommend you keep them in the fridge to keep the fresh flavor because there are no preservatives, obviously. Um, uh, and uh, we, I don't know if we're wrapping up, but I wanted to give your listeners a discount code to get 20% off anything that they purchase on energybits.com. And the, the discount code is Better Babies. No surprise. Oh. It will work on everything, anytime, all the time. Amazing. I do apologize to your listeners in the UK. Shipping to the UK is expensive. Um, we're hoping one day to have a distributor there. Um, we do ship to the UK, so you can certainly order them. Um, but, um, and same with Canada, it's a little expensive, but we're trying to get things figured out there, but we do ship internationally and always have, because, um, as a Canadian who studied international business, I wanted to be sure that our products were available to everybody. Well, we're glad that you did that. So thank you so much for sharing this and for giving our listeners a nice discount. And what I'll do is I will put all the studies that we've talked about on the show notes and on the article right up afterwards. And um, yeah. I just want to say thanks again so much. I've learned a ton, and um, I'm definitely <laughs> going to be putting my order in after this. So thanks again so yeah. much for your time, Catherine. That was wonderful. You're very welcome. And, and by the way, just in parting, there's no shame in not understanding algae. Nobody outside of Asia understands algae. That's why I'm <laughs> doing what I'm doing, uh, to help educate people. And, and I encourage people, to now that they're aware of it, to do some more research on their own. And I'm also available to answer any questions either online or for posts or stuff. But uh, it's, it is remarkable, and we're very, very proud to be doing what we're doing. Well, it sounds like you're doing an awesome job. And thanks so much for clearing up some of the confusion and helping us understand it better. And I Again, um, I will put all the details of Energy Bits up on the site. So if anyone wants to reach out, they can. And thank, thank you once again, Catherine. This is so okay. appreciated. All right. Terrific. Thank you.